0: Fox Go. There are memories to be made, and Fox has the expertise to get you there.
1: Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air, broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Greg is here. So is Debbie and Wyatt. Sam's producing the show, and we are excited to be joined in the studio by Milwaukee Alderman Michael Murphy Alderman, thank you so much for being with
2: us. Real honor to be here.
1: Oh, boy, I, I was stunned when I read this um, because you're still a young guy, but you've been doing this almost 35 years, and after 35 years you've decided it's time for the next chapter. Wh- why? Why Why now?
2: No, that's a great question. You know, I, I think um, long discussions with my wife and family, uh, I just felt that I've accomplished pretty much everything I had attended to after 35 years of public service and uh, looking for maybe a new chapter in my life.
1: Yeah, I mean, not a lot of, there's not, there's like a certain amount of times where it seems like it's the right time to take the next chapter. Like you kind of know, like, do you feel like you just knew this was, was this part of a grand plan or did you know that, you know, this feels like the time?
2: Yeah, I, I felt it was the right time, but I'm sure like most of your listeners, your identity is so wrapped up with what you do for a living. And I've been doing this job for two thirds of my life. So it wasn't an easy decision to simply say, I don't want to do it. I, I love what I do. I, I like coming to work. So, you know, the big plus is when you love what you do, it's really not a job. And as a result, though, you know, I I decided, you know, I'm getting to that point and stage in my life where maybe something different. And uh, that's what I decided to do.
0: I haven't been able to find a committee you didn't serve on. Um, yeah. there, there was a lot. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot. I Just think about all the different committees you you served on and your role as alderman. Is there anything, any level of progress that you witnessed that you're you're incredibly proud of, all the different tentacles of your job?
2: Yeah, I mean, for example, um, the playgrounds. I grew up on the playgrounds. My parents were immigrants to this country. We didn't go up north. We didn't have any opportunities. We grew up on the playgrounds of our city. And what I saw was the playgrounds were falling apart. So the city controls about 52 playgrounds. And I wanted to do more than what we were doing. And our budgets were really tight. So a number of years ago I created a, a program called MK Plays and I've been able to raise privately four point one, four point two million dollars wow. all private money and we've leveraged that with public money for over eight million dollars to renovate. Now we've done twenty some odd playgrounds, like the Marcus to back playground over at fifty mm-hmm. fifth and minor key. But you know, a lot of kids in our city don't have those opportunities. They their vacation, their recreation is the playground. And um I'm glad to see that we've made this big impact in the last few years.
0: You bring up a very interesting point. You had to raise a lot of money to improve the quality of the playgrounds, which also underscores one of the issues I think in Milwaukee. Are the parks monetized the way they should be or monetizable the way they should be? Or well, can that be in, in, enhanced?
2: Yeah, I mean they're broken up in three different areas. You got the county parks, you got the city parks, and you got Milwaukee public schools parks. So Milwaukee County obviously is struggling. They have over nearly four hundred million dollars in deferred maintenance. Um, they've done some really innovative things with the beer and the parks, you know, in terms of that. Um, and the golf courses made money last year. But the other parks, like MPS and what the parks we run, you know, we can't make money off those. I mean, we've tried about like selling some signage, but, you know, people are not going to particularly give out a lot of money. I've been able to go to the private foundations and some wealthy individuals and say, hey, Look what's going on. And, and we have a lot of generous people in the city, and they've been stepping up, like the Zilber Foundation, the Trek Foundation, the Burke Foundation, um, a lot of private donors, and um, they care. And so I think, you know, you want to provide positive opportunities for kids to do the right thing, because uh, there are a lot of good kids in our city, and sometimes they get into trouble because they're just getting in the wrong crowd at the wrong time. But having positive things for them to do, uh, and I felt like doing the playgrounds was one part of it.
1: Other Michael Murphy is with us. We're going to take a break for traffic and weather. When we come back, I want to ask you about uh, what the future might hold for you, what that next chapter looks like. And if there was anything that you wish that had gone better during mm-hmm. your tenure, we'll do that after we come back. It's 514 at WTMJ. We are in the studio with retiring Milwaukee Alderman, Michael Murphy. Alderman, thank you very much for sticking around with us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, We talked to you about your proudest accomplishments. Are there things you look back that you just wish you had accomplished or the council had been able to get a better grasp
2: of during your time? Yeah, I think that if being reflective on it, I wish we had better working relationship with the state legislature. So it it took for ever to get to the point where we're at now, where we're a little bit out of our structural uh, imbalance in terms of our budgets. But it shouldn't have taken 20 plus years to get there. And it's just been a long road in terms of having um, a better relationship with the legislature.
1: What's the biggest challenge you think for the city in coming years as you reflect on where we are and where we're likely to be?
2: I still think we have some fiscal challenges going ahead. Um, it's, It's not that we're out of the woods completely. So there'll still be some issues running up. But I think, obviously, public safety, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, you and I and everyone here who's driving the streets of Milwaukee um, are very concerned about our loved ones, our own personal safety. Um, I think that's a critical issue. Um, I put together a task force four years ago just to try and get us up on the on the road in terms of strategies, just try to addressing it, whether it's the engineering solutions, um, you'll see a lot of changes on our streets, um, but education is a comp- component of that, but enforcement um, and accountability. And that's a big part of it that we don't control. And that's in the court system.
0: You put that task force together four years ago. If you're using baseball as an analogy, are you rounding first on that? Are you headed for third? Where are you?
2: Well, I think the first year there really wasn't much action, which I was very frustrated by. I think we've had more action in the last year and a half, mainly because we have more financial resources. But I think the unfortunate situation is that um, we've seen a rapid increase of when I thought four years ago was at its plateau at its worst. It's just only gotten worse. And so, you know. I wanted to push that into the forefront of the administration that that should be a key issue going forward, whether it was the Baron administration or the current Johnson administration, because quite honestly, um, you know, when people make decisions to come down to restaurants or go shopping or coming to our city, they watch the news every night and they are concerned. And I think that is a, has to be a continuing priority.
1: You have a beautiful daughter that's in high school. She's been driving just a couple of years as not an alderman a parent. What's it like when your daughter gets behind the wheel and has to drive in the streets in our city?
2: Yeah, my hair is gray for a reason. Uh, I mean, in all seriousness, that is uh, something I call her all the time when she gets there, when she's going. And like most fathers, um, I have a tracking device. Um, so um, <laughs> there you go. The, the reality is I watch it all the time. And, and I, I wish to God I didn't have to say that on air. Uh, that I am concerned that's such a concern I I, I, and there are some great things going on in our city Um, I I have great confidence that there's a lot of positives going on but one has to be honest and recognize the difficulties if you're going to try and change them you got to look at the facts
1: I want to ask you about the polarization of the society we live in I'll use the hop as an example Mm -hmm. political issue became very politicized by some right here on this radio station the hop is here I took it for the first time on a food and city tour over the weekend and I was impressed, but it's here now. And when there's talk about expanding it to make it more useful to do the things that opponents don't like that. It doesn't do like to go to Fi or to go to other places. It's so entrenched. It's so political that I feel like people lose track of the good it could do. And instead are embroiled in the politics. Is it frustrating? And it's not just the hop that everything is so politicized.
2: It's terrible. I mean, sometimes you can't even have conversations with people and talk about the facts and just simply talk about and because there's an honest disagreement, they don't even believe in the facts. And we have a lot of people who try to manipulate the information. And and you know, it's 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 worrisome for democracy. When you can't you know, like all of us the three of us have grown up, you know, you would read the paper and you would trust the newspaper and you trust yep. them to be an objective source of information. But when you have conversation with people, they don't even trust anything that comes out of that source. It makes it difficult to have those conversations. I have friends who are Republicans, and I I sit down and I talk to them. And, you know, for the most part, we can agree to disagree um, respectfully. But we've gotten to the point where there are some individuals on both sides, both the left and the right, who are just so vehemently. And it's the majority of us, quite honestly, are in the middle. And the two extremes just – it's a poisonous atmosphere. And I, I worry about the future for my daughter and, and what it'll be like for her. But the Hop is a classic example. I mean, I agree there's some, with the tractors, there certain things that are not good about it. But I, you got to acknowledge that it can play a big role in economic development along the corridor where it's put in place, where businesses do want to be near it. And you have to acknowledge there's a lot of young people who don't want to use cars. And they want to be in a multi-mode transportation
0: city. So, but it's difficult when you can't even have those conversations. You were elected in 1989. At what point did you start to see what you're talking about erode to what it is today?
2: It's a great question. I I would say that probably um, in the 90s, I started seeing it, um, where you could hear whether... um, and, and no offense to any of you two, but it uh, started being picked up on talk radio quite a bit, and they have had a dramatic impact on people's perceptions. But also I think they're symptomatic of what you saw across the country, is that people were choosing sides right away. And 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 as a result, um, I think it's gotten worse because of social media, and so few people get their information from a, one complete source. Like, now... When I, I talk to kids, at, even at the journalism school at Marquette, kids say, well, I don't get the newspaper. I said, well, why, I only uh, get it from my source online. Yeah. I said, well, you're not, you know, I, I listen to many different sources of information. you got to look from a broad perspective and hear from all sides. But people are now so tailored to just looking at one side and they don't hear a viewpoint of anybody else's. And, and that echo chamber just gets bigger and bigger. And I think we shall all be concerned about that. And I think that's a big problem of our democracy.
1: You've long had the reputation of being a fiscal watchdog on the council. The comptroller has announced that she will not seek the, he will not seek reelection. Would that position interest you? Will you run for comptroller?
2: You know, I, I'm thinking about it. I, you know, just recently came up, I'm having once again, talk with my wife about it and see if it's something I want to pursue. Obviously I love the city. I am committed to it. Um, we haven't reached that point. Um, it, it's you know obviously you know on a uh, I, I want to see the city do well. It's being the chief financial officer is a very big job.
1: You must have some idea what you want to do. I mean, you're too young to just sit at home. You have too much energy to just sit at home. What what are you what are you going to do the next couple of months while you decide on the comptroller and other opportunities?
2: Uh, my wife has a million projects for me, but, uh, <laughs> but the the reality is. Um, i I would do either volunteering services. Um, I would work for sharp literacy and help kids on terms of their reading and comprehension. but um I have some ideas, but right now I haven't fully um I want to really go into great detail, but the reality is I'll look in the next uh, week or two uh, to make a decision on a controller race.
1: He is retiring Milwaukee Alderman Michael Murphy. Thank you for your service to our city. Thank you for your service to our communities within those cities within the city. We appreciate it and thanks for being with us. And
2: thanks for having me.